Welcome back to a new episode of Behind the Sticks. I'm your host, Ethan McCombs. I have a nice episode for you today. The topics of the discussion today, I'm talking about my new segment called Hidden Gems, some NFL trade talk, some injuries in the NFL, and I'm going to round it out to what this podcast is going to be in the future. So here we go. Welcome back to Behind the Sticks. Welcome into a new segment of the podcast called Hidden Gems. This is where I find a player that's not talked about as much and underrated and bring them to light so you guys know about them. So, the first guy on the docket is going to be my man, Hunter Renfro. For those of you who don't know who Hunter Renfro is, let's throw it all the way back to his childhood, where Hunter grew up in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, one of six children, but his dad, Tim, was one of 11 children. So you could say they have a huge family. Hunter grew up playing football and baseball just like many other kids, but Hunter actually didn't play organized football until he was in middle school. He wanted to be a wide receiver his whole life, but at Socastee High School, they used a triple option, and he was the gifted athlete, so naturally, the dude played quarterback. Not only did Hunter play quarterback, but he was also the all-around guy who played cornerback, free safety, and he's also the return man. He played well in high school, but he always wanted to be a receiver. He's an undersized guy at 5'10", 155, going into college. He was a two-star recruit, and he wasn't even ranked in his state, but he had offers from small schools such as Appalachian State, Walford, Presbyterian, and even Gardner-Webb. Hunter was also recruited and offered scholarships for baseball, and he was also ranked as the number six outfielder in all of South Carolina. But ultimately, Hunter wanted to choose football. Hunter's mother, Suzanne, and one of his brothers, Jordan, both graduated from Clemson. So Coach Dabo Sweeney took on Hunter as a preferred walk-on where he took his red shirt his freshman year. Hunter grinded on the scout team against the number one defense in the nation that year. And he increased his size from that 155 frame that he had in high school all the way to 176 going into his redshirt freshman year. In August of 2015, Hunter secured a scholarship to Clemson and all his dreams were coming true. In his redshirt freshman year, he played 13 games, starting 10 of them. He caught 33 passes for 492 yards and 5 touchdowns. The 2016 College Football National Championship rolled around and Clemson was playing Alabama. Hunter had seven catches for 88 yards and two first quarter touchdowns, but Heisman winner Derrick Henry and Bama tied in O.J. Howard were too much for Clemson. Bama wins 45-40. As a sophomore, Hunter only competed in 11 games due to a broken hand, but even with that injury, Hunter was able to have a better year than he had his freshman year. With 44 catches, 495 yards, and six touchdowns. The next thing you know, the 2017 College Football Playoff National Championship rolls around and Clemson sees their familiar foe in Alabama. This year, no Derrick Henry, but Bama has Jalen Hurts and Bo Scarborough. Bama leads 17-7 halfway through the third, and boom, a 24-yard strike from Deshaun Watson to Hunter Renfro. Bama still leading 24-14 going into the fourth quarter, but Clemson comes back. Then Clemson has the ball back down 31-28 with only two minutes left. Pass interference puts Clemson down to the two-yard line with only six seconds left. Clemson quarterback Deshaun Watson rolls right and finds Hunter Renfro in the front corner of the end zone for the game-winning touchdown. Clemson wins 35-31. Hunter Renfro cements himself in Clemson history forever. Hunter finished this game with 10 grabs for 92 yards and those two touchdowns. But after this huge moment happens in the college football and playoff national championship, he still has two more years left in college. Hunter's junior year was statistically his best season with 60 catches, 602 yards, and three touchdowns. Clemson made it back to the college football playoff, but they were again knocked off by Alabama in the Sugar Bowl 24-6. Hunter had five catches for 31 yards in that game. Now coming around to Hunter's senior year, he had a little bit of a dip in production when he only had 49 catches for 544 yards and only one touchdown. But nevertheless, Clemson matched up again against Alabama in the 2019 college football playoff national championship. This time, however, Clemson dismantles Bama. Clemson wins 44-16. In this game, Hunter only had two catches for 10 yards, but it did not matter because Clemson rolled. 
Hunter's final college stats are this, 186 receptions, 2,133 yards, and 15 touchdowns where he played 53 games. He left Clemson being the 5th in career receptions and 11th in career receiving yards. At the NFL Combine, Hunter measured in at 5'10 and a quarter, 184 pounds, with the smallest hands at the Combine, but he was said by many to have the best hands. The man ran a 4.59 40-yard dash with a 35-inch vertical jump and 7 reps on the bench press. These are great numbers for a guy of his stature. Now, two weeks before the NFL draft, Hunter actually married his high school sweetheart, Camilla Martin. All of this being said, the Oakland Raiders actually traded up and selected Hunter in the fifth round, pick 149, where he was the 17th wide receiver drafted in this draft. From the first initial depth chart that was released by the Oakland Raiders, Hunter was listed as a starter. In his first game in the NFL, Hunter actually had a slow start. He only had two catches, 13 yards. The rest of the beginning of the season was actually kind of average for him until week eight versus the Texans. Hunter was able to bring in four catches for 88 yards, including a 65-yard catch and run that ended up in his first NFL touchdown. Then, week 12 comes around, the Raiders are playing the Jets. Hunter has three catches for 31 yards at this point, but then he had to leave the game due to a rib injury. After the game, Coach John Gruden announced that Hunter had a broken rib that punctured his lung and would force him to miss the remainder of the season. If you've learned anything about Hunter up to this point, you'll know this dude's a warrior. He fought back and managed to come back in week 16 against the Chargers. In this game, he was able to catch seven balls for 107 yards and a touchdown. The following week in the season finale against the Broncos, Hunter caught another six passes for another 102 yards and again another touchdown. Hunter's final rookie season stats are this, 49 catches, 605 yards, four touchdowns. He had more yards in his rookie season with the Raiders than he did in any season with Clemson. All this brings us to now, Hunter's going to his second year in the NFL where he's looking to absolutely explode in the league as a great slot receiver. He seems to be having a good camp, with video would come out just a few days ago of him sending veteran teammate Prince Mukamara the other direction on a comeback route. I mean, this is just me giving my opinion, but if you're looking for a player to be invested in, watch out for Hunter Renfro. They actually call this man third in Renfro because most likely he's going to get you a first down on third down. Hope you guys enjoyed this new segment of Hidden Gems, and I have many more of these coming. These are just my thoughts on Hidden Gem, Hunter Renfro. We need to talk about two decent NFL trades that happened within the last few days. The first one up is that the Miami Dolphins traded linebacker Rayquan McMillan in a 2021 fifth round draft pick to the Las Vegas Raiders for a 2021 fourth round pick. This was kind of a shocking trade for me, but when I looked into it, it made more sense. The Dolphins get to jump up in the next year's draft, while the Raiders get a good run-stuffing linebacker. Rayquan McMillan actually missed his whole rookie season due to injury. When he came in 2018, he had 105 combined tackles, five tackles for loss, two forced fumbles, and one fumble recovery. His 2019 campaign actually had more injuries, but he still finished with 72 tackles in 13 games. Miami Dolphin head coach Brian Flores actually says he has a lot of respect for Raekwon McMillan. He's a talented player, and he's someone who thinks he can have a long career, but there's just too much depth in the Dolphins' linebacking core. The Dolphins added in a few extra linebackers in this offseason, and Raekwon is just not much of a fit anymore. He was on the roster bubble and was possibly going to get cut when it came down to the last day of cuts. He's on the final year of his contract, and that's most likely why they didn't want to pay him after this season. If you look at it from the side of the Raiders, they actually get a good, nice run-stuffing linebacker who could compete for a position. The Raiders actually brought in former Rams linebacker Corey Littleton, who's most likely going to be the starter day one for the Raiders. McMillan could possibly see himself in there in the rotation with Littleton. This is actually the smaller two trades as the Jacksonville Jaguars sent defensive end Yannick Ngakwe to the Minnesota Vikings for a 2021 second-round pick and a conditional fifth-round pick in 2022 that could go as high as a third. Yannick Ngakwe did not sign his franchise tender, so most likely they were going to trade him no matter what. He was signed as a franchise tender, which will send him to the Vikings for $17.8 million, and eventually they can work out a long-term deal. 
There's actually rumors that say that Ngakwe will actually restructure his deal so that the Vikings can stay under their cap room, which is only 12.9 million. This puts the Vikings in great position as they already had one of the top five defenses all in the NFL. Now on the opposite side of Ngakwe, they're gonna have Danielle Hunter, which is a young, proven pass rusher. This would be great for the Vikings as they lost four-time Pro Bowler Everson Griffin, who signed with the Cowboys earlier this month. This will actually improve the Vikings' three-level defense as they'll have Daniel Hunter and Yannick Ngakwe on the outside, and then at linebacker they'll have Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr, and then back in the secondary they'll have Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris. This makes me think, what is going on down in Jacksonville? They just lost Ngakwe, they've lost Calais Campbell, AJ Bouye, Marcel Darius, Jalen Ramsey, Dante Fowler Jr. Everybody's leaving. What is going on down with the defense in Jacksonville? But Jacksonville drafted Josh Allen last year, the seventh overall pick, and this year they drafted Caleb on Chase on from LSU. These two players could make Jacksonville return to where they were in 2017. The Jaguars will not have six picks in the first four rounds of the 2021 draft with two first round picks, a second and a third and two fourths. With the loss of Ngakwe, the Jaguars are most likely in a good position to get the number one pick. The number one pick that everybody expects to have next year is Trevor Lawrence. The Jaguars have around a 24% chance to get the top pick next year, which is the highest in the league. Now the question points at, do they want to continue with Gardner Minshew or do they want to try at Trevor Lawrence? These two trades possibly not have a huge impact on this season, but you never know, the Vikings could even have a better defense than last year and could put them in maybe even the Super Bowl. When you talk about injuries and roster updates, it's reported that Miami Dolphin quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick left practice early on Saturday after learning that his mother passed away and that there's no time frame for him to return to the team. He had recently left camp early to spend the final moments with his mom. With no timetable for the possibility of Fitzpatrick's return, you could see Tua Tagovailoa take the first snaps of the season for the Dolphins. I don't think it's a great idea for Tua to start the season under center. I think he needs to sit behind Fitzpatrick and learn. But with the possibility of Fitzpatrick not being with the team, who knows what could happen with them. There's a few different articles coming out of the Philadelphia Eagles camp that could be a huge blow to their season. First up is that left tackle Andre Dillard suffered a torn biceps and will undergo season-ending injury. This will possibly be that Jason Peters will be moving out to the left tackle position again and he'll be seeking increased pay due to him moving back to the position. If you know anything about the position of left tackle, you'll know that usually they're one of the higher paid players on the team. If you watch the movie The Blind Side, you'll actually know that Sandra Bullock says that the first thing you gotta pay is the mortgage, which is the quarterback, and the second thing you have to pay is the insurance, which is your left tackle. Another report out of Eagles camp is that Carson Wentz is day-to-day -day with a minor soft tissue injury and he wasn't practicing on Sunday. This is considered a minor injury, but the reason they're so cautious is because of the injury history that Carson Wentz has had up to this point in his career. He's been in the league for four years and he's only been able to finish one of these seasons. It was also reported that 2020 first round pick wide receiver Jalen Rager suffered an injury to his shoulder and then later reported that they had MRI and he's out about three to four weeks. Again, this could be a huge blow to the Eagles offense due to them wanting to see Jalen Rager out there week one but it doesn't look like we're gonna see it. Coming out of Los Angeles Rams camp, it was reported that wide receiver Cooper Cup suffered a low ankle sprain in Saturday's scrimmage. Again, this is another injury that considered minor, so this probably won't keep him out of any games. Moving on to the other team in Los Angeles, going to the Chargers, it was reported that safety Derwin James will miss significant time with a meniscus injury. This could be a huge blow for the stack secondary that the Chargers already have. Coming out of Cleveland Browns camp, new coach Kevin Stefanski said that defensive end Miles Garrett did not practice Sunday due to an abundance of caution with a wrist injury that Miles Garrett already had. Doesn't seem like this is going to be something that keeps Miles Garrett out of any games. To finish out the injuries for this episode, New York Jets rookie running back Michael P. Ryan injured his ankle in the scrimmage. The Jets said that they're going to do an MRI on this, but I have not saw anything new on this report. Even coach Adam Gase was praising the play of the fourth rounder as he worked behind Le'Veon Bell and Frank Gore. When I first started this podcast, I said I was just going to be off script, but I really like going in detail and finding more information about other players. In the intro of this episode, I said I was going to talk about what this podcast is going to be in the future. If you can't tell, I actually really like doing this. I even went out and upgraded my equipment, 
I have a brand new microphone that I believe brings better quality to this podcast. Moving forward, I believe I'm just going to talk about football for the most part, but if anything big happens in other sports, I'll talk about them. I do enjoy other sports, and I love talking about those as well, but I think mostly on this podcast, it's going to be just football. It's the first episode that I really went deep dive into a player, and I really enjoyed learning about Hunter Renfro. But always at the end of these podcasts, they're going to be just sort of life advice. Like I've said before, I'm no person to give life advice because I still struggle just like everybody else. I'm definitely getting better because I enjoy what I'm doing right now. This podcast is bringing some of my life goals to flourishing. I'm really passionate about sports, and that's really what I want to do with my life. I encourage everybody to find their passion. I even have a quote here from Albert Einstein. The quote is, everyone is a genius, but if you judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. I've looked into a bunch of different careers, but I believe this is the one that's for me. With sports, I believe that I am the fish that is swimming. In any field that I've tried, I believe I've got a bunch of qualities and abilities out of them, but they were more like me trying to climb the tree as a fish. You may be far away from your goals, but you have to work every day to achieve those. I believe you should reach out to people who have your back. If I'm going to be honest, I didn't take my own life advice. I did not put this podcast on my personal Facebook because I was afraid. I was afraid of possible backlash, but I'm not afraid anymore. I'm ready to make this my career. All right, again, I'd like to really thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for listening to this podcast. You didn't have to listen to this, but you chose to because something intrigued you. And I am forever grateful for anyone who ever checks out this podcast. So guys, go out there and trace your dreams. I'll be back with another episode soon. Peace.